0: We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edinburgh. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. If you go to phobialist.com, you know, there's a website called phobialist.com. Yeah, and uh, you'll find about 530 different phobias on phobialist.com. And it's growing all the time. Um, Peladophobia, fear of bald people. Aerophobia fear of drafts not giraffes drafts porphyrophobia fear of the color purple papaphobia fear of the pope yeah chaitophobia fear of hairy people uh Levophobia, fear of objects on the left side of the, of the body. Dextrophobia, fear of objects on the right side of the body. Or, there's some strange ones. Aurephobia, fear of the northern lights. Calyrophobia, fear of obscure meanings. Thalassophobia, fear of being seated. Here, here's a good one. Odonophobia, odontophobia, fear of teeth. There's a fear of religious ceremonies. Obviously, none of you got that. Teleophobia. And my favourite, I found, was one called phobophobia. Fear of being afraid. And that's a growing list. And it's sort of... I think it's representative... Of what's happening in our society there's a lot of fear and people are scared of all sorts of things and it stops them moving forward in life Uh, you know 2 timothy 1 verse 7 god hasn't given us a spirit of fear but of love power and a sound mind or self-discipline but we we know this as christians but um many christians also struggle with fear um it Maybe not all the time, but some of the time. And some are paralysed by fear, where we get stuck and we can't move. <laughs> or we won't try something new, or we won't try, won't step out because of, because of a fear we have. And fear has a power to hold us. Um, John wrote that there's no fear in love, and per- perfect love casts out all fear. Now, you, if you... That, that scripture's in 1 John 4, verse 18. Perfect love casts out all fear. Now, the word to underline in that is all. All fear. All those things that sort of cause us anxiety and worry, and his love deals with those things. No fear is exempt from that verse. Lord, as we come around your word today, I pray that... Uh, you maybe speak to us, maybe break something that's over our lives, that's causing us you know, to hide away because of some fear in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was a young fellow, I used to do a lot of spearfishing. And then my dad took me to see Jaws. As a, I don't know how old I was, 13 or something. But then I went spearfishing. And after that, you saw a shadow. And then your mind started. And then you hear the music in your head. I never saw a shark once. You're spewing fish and there's blood and everything everywhere. But if you didn't deal with it, you just had to get out of the water. Because the fear... It just overwhelmed what you were doing and it's it's like a shadow and i think fear is like a shadow i mean i'm casting a shadow here but who anyone when they were kids are in bed and they saw a shadow in the blinds and it's some sort of monster there until you turn the light on and then you realize it's the the wind because shadows can sort of make an impression or something Or you're walking at five o'clock at night and you've got a great big long shadow, you know, 50 metres long. It's a distortion, isn't it? And I think the shadow of fear is a bit like that. That's what fear does. It casts us shadows. And there's many shadows we can encounter. All those years of spearfishing, I never saw an actual shark when I was spearfishing. Yet many times I got out of the water because of shadows. (laughs) And um, a shadow can be a huge exaggeration of the real threat. I also looked up the term paralysed by fear. You know you can Google on your computer and it tells you how many hits there are. If you Google paralysed by fear, you'll get about 15 million results you can look up. Wow. I looked that up a few years ago and it was about 7 million. It's, it's just something in, our, in people's lives. I think fear, more than anything, stops us moving out. When Joshua went into the Promised Land three times, God said to him, you know, be strong and courageous, do not fear. Be strong and courageous, do not fear. One of the We've been in the Psalms, and we're still reading the Psalms uh, as a church. We're so about halfway through now. Uh, Psalm 23, verse 4. We put that up even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So there's a shadow here, and it sounds pretty menacing. It's a shadow of death. It says, "What? Well, I will fear no evil. And there's a reason. Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your little kid in the playground, and there's the, the big bad kids, and you and You're scared until your big brother who's like 10 years older comes along and all of a sudden you don't fear anymore. The, th- the same people are still there, but you've got someone big, bigger with you. And I think one of the most powerful answers to, th- to fear is to knowing who is with you. And even though I walk through the valley of the dark shadow or the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because who is with me. And... Um I think a big answer to dealing with fear is another shadow. And we're going to look at a, a psalm, Psalm 91. Some of you might know this psalm when we look at it. Can we put that up? Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest under the shadow of the Almighty. There's another shadow here. It's not the shadow of fear, it's the shadow of the Almighty. So, in Psalms, we had the shadow of the valley of death. And here we got the shadow of the Almighty, two different shadows. And what does it say in Psalm 23? Even though I walk through the shadow. And this one says, those who live under the shadow of the Most High. So, one we're supposed to walk through, and one we're supposed to live under. We're supposed to walk through the dark shadows. And we're supposed to live under the shadow of the Most High. The problem is we get it the wrong way around. We live sometimes under the shadow of fear and we just visit occasionally the shadow of the Most High. Those who live under the shelter of the Most High will find rest under his shadow. When we're close to him, he overshadows us. The shadow of the Most High means we're right next to him. It minds. He's casting his shadow. It, it's talking about nearness. In these first two verses of the psalm, is four different names for God. I don't know if you noticed that. Those who live under the shadow of the Most High, there's one. Or find rest under the shadow of the Almighty, there's another one. I will declare, declare of the Lord, there's another one. He alone is my refuge. My place of safety here's my god there's another one four different names for god just in these two verses and it's worth just having a look at those names to see what they mean the most high in verse one is have you ever heard the the term elion you might have if you've sort of studied your bible it's one of the names of god and it means most high which means whatever is big in your life He's higher. You might have something that's high overshadowing you. He's bigger, the most high. It means the supreme one. It means the holiest one. It means the Lord of the heavens and the earth. And because he is the most high, there's nothing more powerful than him. There's nothing that surprises him. There's nothing that's too hard for him. And the first mention, I love it that the first mention of the word most high in the bible was way back in genesis and there's a guy called abraham and he's had a bit of a battle and he and he walks along and he finds a priest and the priest is called melchizedek and he's called the priest of the most high first mention of the word and usually with a priest you brought an offering for for the priest but not in this case when abraham wearied from battle finds melchizedek the priest of the most high the priest offers him bread and wine to restore him. I think that's a powerful picture. Jesus is called the priest after the order of Melchizedek, this guy. It's the same thing when we come to him. He's not only higher than all things, but he refreshes us. He restores us. He offers us, us something while we're, we're in that space, while, we're, while we need... Uh, refreshing the secret place of the most high is not just a place of being close to god it's a place where we can receive from god and we're going to have communion a little bit later on and i pray that you'll do that the secret place of the most high they're talking when they wrote this they were talking about the tabernacle or the temple of god that place where god's presence was and it's a place for us, a place of living connection with God where we can speak to him daily. And when, when we know that God is bigger than everything, it helps us deal with fear and anxiety. Because you know, well, that thing's pretty big in my life, but, but God is bigger. And uh, it goes on to say, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest under the shadow of the Almighty. Here's another name. Now, some of you might have heard the term El Shaddai. Anyone ever heard that term? El Shaddai. That's that second second name, the Almighty, El Shaddai. And that that term means the all-sufficient one. That's what it means, the all-sufficient ones. So we had this all-powerful, all-knowing, but this is talking about the God who has everything you need. Whatever your situation needs, he's, he's got the answer for it. And... Um, He promises to be our shield, our shelter, everything we need. And I'd encourage you to draw near to God. James 4 verse 8 tells us to draw near to God and he'll draw near to us. Sometimes we pray prayers like this, Come Lord Jesus, and he says, I've already done that. Now I want you to draw near to me. I've made a way. Uh, Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us boldly come to the throne of our most gracious God, because there we'll find help to to meet our need, the all-sufficient one. We have an invitation to come. We're in that place. He overshadows us. The writer changes. He's, He's sort of talking about God. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest under the shadow of the Almighty. And then he makes a declaration, doesn't he? I will declare. I will declare of the Lord. He's making a declaration here. We had the Most High, the Almighty. Now we, the Lord, what's the Lord? Who, I'm sure you heard the term Jehovah or Yahweh. That's the term there. Whenever you see it in your Bible, it's in capital letters, like capital L-O-R-D. They just do that. The, that name was so holy that The Jewish writers wouldn't pronounce it. They won't speak it. When they write it, they only write it with the vowels. They won't write it fully because they consider it so holy, this name, Yahweh. And uh, it was the covenant name of God. It was um, revealed to Israel And it talks about God being a covenant-keeping God. And I'm glad that God keeps his covenant when perhaps I don't. How about you? He is faithful when we're, you know, when it's Wednesday. Not Sunday, when it's Wednesday. And he keeps his covenant promises based on his goodness and his character Not my goodness or my character or my performance. Aren't you glad about that? This is this covenant-keeping God where God says, I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. And, you know, we can have confidence that we qualify for every covenant promise in the Bible because he's a covenant-keeping God. So we're in the presence of the Most High. He's overshadowing us. The Almighty who has everything we need. Then we've got this covenant-keeping God, Jehovah, Who's more than a provider. I will say of the Lord. What does it say? I will say of the Lord. He is my God. Hmm. There's another term. Three different names. It's the word Elion, Elohim. Guess where that starts. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning God. That's that word. So that's the God who creates something out of nothing. That's the God who doesn't need any raw materials. That's the God who says, let there be light and there was light and then later he makes the sun. (laughs) He doesn't need raw materials. It's the the God of the heavens and the earth who who protects us, who cares for us. His word is creative. This is my God. You know, often in the Old Testament they would write, he this is the god the god of abraham isaac and jacob but this this guy's got a a bit of a revelation he's not just their god he's my god so he's not just the god of kerry or the the god of nathan or the god of gabby or the god of Di or the god of rob he's my god it's it's personal and i can call upon him he's he's not just the god of light church the God of Darren, the God who's sort of over there. He's my God. Those who live in the shadow of the Most High will find rest under the shadow of the Almighty. This I will declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. As you read this psalm, it starts just talking about stuff. It's a declaration and I'm going to just read the The psalm through for you now. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you under his wings. By the way, when you read those sort of verses, that doesn't mean God's a chook, all right? It's typology. Let's understand that. But it's that picture in our minds. His faithful promises are your armour and protection. Do do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrows that fly by day. Do not dread the diseases that stalk in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand might fall at your right, at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils won't touch you. Just open your eyes. And see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No p- plague will come near your home. for he has ordered his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands and you won't even be hurt. Your your foot, uh, you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. Okay, who's going to have a shot at that today? You will... Crush fierce lions and servants under your feet. That's again another picture. Okay, it doesn't mean go out and play with snakes. It means those things that seem powerful and menacing are going to be under your feet. And then something changes. If you've got a Bible and you open your Bible to this and you start read verse 14. Well, Judy, have you got your Bible there? What does it say? The first three words of verse 14 because he loves me where is it yeah what's the next word the lord says what changes here it starts to say the lord says and it's almost like this sarah come up oh it's like the psalmist is reading something out and and then god does something you read those two verses you know what's happening They will hold you up with their hands So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone You will trample on lions and cobras You will crush fierce lions And And what happens is this (laughs) She knew that was coming, didn't you? In the original version, it doesn't say the Lord says They've just put that there so you know what's happening It's someone's grabbed the mic and taken over That's what's happened and the original is the psalmist is writing about God, and all of a sudden it says, I will rescue those who love me, verse 14. I will protect those who trust my name. When they call upon me, I will answer. God starts speaking. Um, I will be with them in their trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will reward them with a long life, and I will give them my salvation. So the psalmist is speaking, and all of a sudden God grabs the mic. The modern version's right, the Lord says, so you get him. just so you know what's happening. But if you grab the original Hebrew, it doesn't say that. You have to try and work it out for yourself. And God grabs the mic. He's like, He's getting, I like what this guy's saying. In fact, I like it so much, get out of the way, I'm taking over. And He makes a declaration about those who dwell in the secret place. And the strength comes from His word. And no shadow can overshadow the goodness of God. In the Amplified Bible, this psalm starts off like this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. If you're sick of being knocked around by fear and anxiety, sick of shadows that cause fear or fight or flight or whatever it might be, the answer is to get fixed under his shadow. It's that connection with God, that relationship with God. Whenever the shadow of fear comes, we need to run to him. He himself is our refuge. I want to finish uh, with one more scripture from Jeremiah because Jeremiah was a guy who had trouble with fear. The very start of the book of Jeremiah, God's calling Jeremiah to do the things that he wants Jeremiah to do. And Jeremiah says this, The Lord gave me this message, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 9. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and and appointed you as my prophet. So God's speaking to Jeremiah. And uh, Jeremiah says, Oh, sovereign Lord, I can't speak for I'm too young. Now, everyone has a two something. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too scared, I'm too much of an introvert, I'm too much of an extrovert, I've done too much, I've done too little. You you can put your own thing in there, okay? He said he was too young. I don't know how old he was. I'm too young. And the Lord replied, don't say, I'm too young. So whatever your I'm too was, I'm too old, I'm too, the Lord says, don't say that. anyone ever said that to you when you say something they say don't say that okay okay whatever your excuse is, don't say that that's what he's God is saying don't say that I'm too young for you will go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you to and then he says tackles the real problem the real problem wasn't that he was too young the real problem was verse 8 and don't be afraid of the people That's the problem. He just had fear. For I will be with you. I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. You see, um, Jeremiah's response to God was, I'm too whatever, I'm too young. And God heard Jeremiah's words and looked past his words to the real problem. And it was fear. And, uh, and I think Jeremiah's fear could probably sum up most of people's fear. Fear of people. What will they think? What will they say? Will I be accepted? Will God back me up when I step out in this? Fear of failure. And God gives three, uh, three promises in verse 8 and verse 9. we put them up again, please, Andrew. Verse 8 and 9, if we we can. I will be with you. You don't have to fear, but I will be with you. The the promise of his presence. And then there's the promise of his protection. I will protect you. His presence, his protection, and also his provision. I'll, I'll put the words in your mouth. So we got God's promise, I'm with you, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to provide everything you need and if you're dealing with fear with something, that's God's word to you, I'm with you, I've got your back and I'm going to give you what you need as you step out.